Welcome back to Ghoul Gals. Hello. This is episode nine, and we are going to talk to you guys about aliens today. I'm going to be talking about the tale of Felix Monkla and the UFO that snatched him right up. Um, <laughs> it's also more commonly known as the Kinross Incident. So a little bit about Felix Monkla. He was actually Felix Monkla Jr. Uh, he was born in Louisiana in 1926. He graduated college, then enlisted in World War II. Oh. Uh, he went back to school after it was over and then re-enlisted in the Korean War. Oh, no. Yeah. So he married a woman named Bobby Jean Coleman, Cute. which is the cutest name. That sounds like a like country singer, little yeah. country singer's name from oh, like, yeah, like the fifties. Loretta Lynn and mm-hmm. Dolly Parton. Um, oh. They had a son, and after hopping around from Air Force Base to Air Force Base, they ended up in Madison, Wisconsin. And then Bobby Jean gave birth to their first daughter five months before Felix mysteriously disappeared. <gasps> oh no! And I put a sad face <laughs> after. <laughs> My nose. <laughs> it's very sad. It's real sad, yeah. Oh. Okay, so on November 23rd, 1953, a radar controller at Truax, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but I don't know, <laughs> uh, Air Force Base in Madison, Wisconsin, received a radar blip of an unknown object over Lake Michigan. Ooh. Blip is the official uh, term also. <laughs> I love it. It was a blip. <laughs> it was a blip. Um, First Lieutenant Felix Monkla was immediately dispatched from Kinross Air Force Base in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, just south of Sault Ste. Marie. I know there. Yeah, I know there. (laughs) (laughs) As Felix approached the UFO, it began to change its course. Mm. His radar operator, Second Lieutenant Robert Wilson, who would have been in the plane with him. Okay. Or in the jet with him, whatever. Um... Could not locate the UFO on his radar within the plane. So, Monkla was flying at approximately 500 miles per hour, and when he finally brought his jet to the location, the radar operators on the ground saw both blips as one. Whoa. Yeah, so so it would have been like two blips on their little radar, Mm -hmm. and then suddenly, when Monkla got there, they just became one blip. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So, after that happened, they just kind of assumed that Monkla had gone either over or under the UFO mm-hmm. and expected that both blips would be seen again momentarily. But this was not the case. The singular blip faded and no radar return was reg- registered. Oh my So, gosh. like, they became one blip and then eventually there was nothing. Whoa. Attempts to contact Monkla from ground control were unsuccessful. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Uh, so radar operators marked the last radar return as 70 miles off of Keweenaw Point, which is like Copper Harbor, the tippy top of the Upper Peninsula. Mm-hmm. Both the plane and the UFO were marked at an altitude of 8,000 feet when they both vanished. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, a search and rescue team was immediately summoned, but after an expansive overnight search, not a single trace of the jet that Monkla was flying or the UFO was found. What? That doesn't nothing. just happen. No. Things don't disappear like that. I know. There's nothing. Unless you, like, gone girl yourself. But even, even <laughs> so, even then, there's yeah. some sort of trace yeah. if you're on a plane. So the official statement regarding this 
disappearance was the pilot probably suffered from vertigo and crashed into the lake. No, no, no. Right? First of all, you can't use probably in like an <laughs> official statement. They're like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It means it probably vertigo. I'm like 27% sure. <laughs> it just went down. Officially, though, Moncla did not have vertigo. Mm-hmm. So if he did, it was like a secret or he didn't know about it. Yeah. Um, Which you know. Right. He was, but he was also flying by his instruments. He wasn't using like, uh, what do they call it? A sight and search approach. So he wasn't just like looking out of the plane. He was using the mechanical parts of the plane to find it. He wasn't just like looking looking out the window. Yeah. Yeah. So this wouldn't have caused vertigo to occur. Mm -hmm. It already sounds like a cover up. Yep. (laughs) The U.S. Air Force attempted to divert any UFO attention from the situation. Of course. Because mm-hmm. no one wants to be like, I'm a alien. Right. <laughs> um, they claimed there was a Canadian DC-3 in the area and that that was what Moncla was chasing. But the Canadian Air Force denied this. Oh. Yeah. U.S. officials also claimed that the jet exploded, but if that were the case, there would have been some kind of debris in yeah. the area. Like, there was... Nothing. No, like, oil slicks, no engine parts, absolutely nothing. That's insane. Let alone, like, a body. Yeah, like... Mm -hmm. So his first mate guy was with him still? And so he disappeared as well? He also disappeared. Oh my gosh, okay. So they're both gone, though. Bye. Bye. Uh, Government records indicate the crash as an accident and nothing more. Mm -mm. You can't fool me, government. My spooky senses are tingling. (laughs) Something happened. (laughs) Uh, Felix Monkla's Wikipedia lists his date of death as presumably uh, November 23rd, 1953. I love it. <laughs> presumably. Yeah. I want that. Put that oh on his gravestone. God, right. As it happens, this story didn't garner much media coverage until Donald E. Kehoe, an aviation writer, broke the story in his best-selling book, The Flying Saucer Conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Mm. Kehoe. <laughs> That's what they called me in high school. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Julie Kehoe Smith. Julie Kehoe Smith. <laughs> what, what would that even mean? I don't know. Okay. You you tell me that's what your nickname. Mm. So okay, the- <laughs> I will not. <laughs> So the Flying Saucer Conspiracy was published in 1955, which would have been two years after this happened. Okay. Um, This is when the Air Force began insisting that they had proved the UFO was a Canadian jet. So they actually ended up suggesting that although Monclo's jet had not actually crashed with the Canadian Air Force plane, Mm -hmm. they insisted that something unspecified had happened and Monko's jet crashed. What? So they're <laughs> they're covering up their tracks. Yeah, kinda. they're basically okay. blaming the radar operators and like saying that they were tragically incompetent. Oh my gosh. Um, because so they're saying that like, well, no, the jet didn't crash with the Canadian plane. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's what it was going after, and then something terrible happened, and it crashed somewhere else. 
okay, but... <laughs> but this explanation, which is still, to this day, the official one, okay, um, is a complete slap in the face to the Canadian government as they have repeatedly denied that any s- such incident ever took place. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so the Canadians are like, um, we didn't do this this is not mm-hmm. true yeah and there's no reason for them right to, to try to cover anything up you right know? in 1958 beautiful five years after the disappearance and three years after his book was published kehoe got hold of a leaked air force document <gasps> that made it clear air force officials consider the kinross incident a ufo encounter of the strangest yes. kind yes <laughs> yes <laughs> Oh my god! I just got so excited. Like she was leaning back, really casually in her chair, and then as I kept speaking, she like got straighter and straighter. I was like, "Yes!" Putting yes. her hands Are in the we... air. Yes. Thank you, God. That's all I've ever wanted the government to say. It's real. Amazing. Oh my gosh. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, so the document quoted these words from a radar observer who had been there. Quote, it seems incredible, but the blip apparently just swallowed our F-89, which is what oh my God. Um, Mako was flying. Yeah. The following year, in conversations with civilian UFOologists, <laughs> ufologists, <laughs> ufologists, <laughs> <laughs> um, Tom Comella and Edgar Smith, Master Sergeant O.D. Hill of Project Blue Book, mm. confided that such incidents... He claimed Kinross had not been the only one. Had officials worried? Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. Because, <laughs> like, when you look back through history mm-hmm. and, like, all the, like, ancient civilizations and whatever, they mm-hmm. always had these crazy stories about things happening. Yeah. And you can't just pretend, like, oh, well, it was a different time, so someone just sneezed and they thought it was something crazy. You know? Like, right. But really crazy stuff probably <laughs> happened. You like that alien guy on Ancient Aliens with the the crazy hair? Yes, that's me. (laughs) Aliens are the reason for everything. (laughs) So, okay, so these incidents had officials worried. Mm -hmm. And many, he said, believed UFOs to be of extraterrestrial origin. And Mm -hmm. they wanted to prevent an interplanetary Pearl Harbor. No way. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's like a whole nother step. Right. Oh my gosh. That's, yeah, that's more than just being like, well, we're kind of nervous about this. Mm -hmm. Like, we think that it's definitely space aliens. Yeah, they think it's enough of a threat that they want to cover it up. Yeah, they want to prevent Pearl Harbor happening to the entire world. Yes, to the sky. Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So the ufologist, ufologist... (laughs) Tom Comella then confronted Hill's superior, Captain George T. Gregory. Mm-hmm. Fake name. Yeah. <laughs> At Blue Book headquarters, uh, Gregory looked shocked, left the room for a short time, and returned to state, quote, well, we just cannot talk about those cases. Yes. That's the end. Classified. I know. That's so that happened. much better than I could have ever thought, you know? <laughs> It happened in our home turf, too. Yeah, Michigan. Yeah. Covered in aliens, supposedly. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my story uh, begins in 1994. Ooh. What a good year. I was alive, then. I was alive, too. We were just babies. Yeah. Uh, when Terry and Gwen Sherman had been searching for a new home for them 
and their cattle. Okay. Cool. cool. So they came across a plot of land that looked just perfect. It was huge, great location, mm-hmm. and like a really great price. Okay. Uh, the land bordered the Uintah and Ure Ute Indian Reservation. Nice. Nice. This okay. is in Utah and was protected by a long red rock ridge. Oh. So it was perfect because yeah. they... Had cattle, yeah. so that would keep them in place, kind of. I guess I don't know. I don't raise cattle. Um, they they couldn't understand why. I don't know. I'm not a cattle person. <laughs> um, so <laughs> they couldn't understand why this like perfect plot of land uh-huh. um, was such a steal and why it had been vacant for seven years. Mm-hmm. Uh oh. <laughs> so they put in a bid. And they and their two children moved themselves oh. and their cattle into a 480-acre plot of land. Holy smokes. Right? Just <laughs> south of Fort Duchesne, Utah. Okay. Hoping to start a ranch. Little did they know, they had just moved into an area oh with God. the most sightings of <gasps> UFOs and unexplained creatures in oh the God. entire United States. Oh my God, this is 1994. They have no excuse for not knowing that. <laughs> right? Yes. There's, there are newspapers. Get an Encyclopedia Britannica. <laughs> right. Just look it up. Come on. Um, so the first thing mm-hmm. uh, that sent them reeling, Ooh. perhaps, I don't know, um, <laughs> probably, the, the first sign that something was amiss, at least, was uh, the crop circles. <gasps> mm-hmm. So the family found large circular impressions in their pastures. Oh One configuration formed a 30-foot triangle. What? What? A triangle? A triangle. That's so, so a much crack, harder to make a crack like a triangle. Right. <laughs> I know. You're it's trying like, to fake it. In my head, I'm like, well, this might just be like town kids being jerks, but like mm-hmm. a triangle? A triangle? That's like difficult. A perfect, like, yeah. isosceles, maybe? Equilateral. Equilateral would be harder, so <laughs> that one. Um, and then other circles were found measuring roughly three feet wide uh, and one to two feet deep. So they were like, what? yeah, they were the soil inside of the holes was like pushed <gasps> down into the ground. Yeah. Oh, so it wasn't, so it's not just like stalks of corn bent over. Exactly. Oh my god. It was god. like indentations into the ground. <gasps> yeah. I believe it already. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> cool. So, um, also around this time, so they got crop circles. Then, uh oh, they have cattle. What happens to cattle? Always the saddest things. Yeah. So Terry began having trouble with his prized breeding herd of cattle. Oh no. Cows were dying um, under unexplained circumstances. Mm. And the first cow that was found dead, um, and it showed only one hole in his left eyeball. (gasps) Yeah. It was hideous. Yeah. His eyeball um, was still there and there was a hole in it? Probably. I don't know. It says in the center of his left eyeball. I guess so. Ugh. So there's just like one like boop right through his eye. Gross. Right? Ew. Ew. And then also, interesting and weird, because they're in the middle of wilderness Utah. Sure. Predators had not touched the carcass. Nothing. Nothing came No one to like try. swooped in and was no. like, oh my god, free me out. Exactly. Oh my god. Coyotes probably live there. Also vultures. Nothing. Bigfoot. Bigfoot maybe. For sure. He probably wouldn't eat dead carcass though. He would have. He has better taste He would have. He has a refined palate. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he would have helped the other animals find it. True. Like yeah. Little fox families or something. Yeah. yeah. That were really hungry. Yeah. 
Um, anyway, that's enough about Bigfoot. Back to <laughs> the aliens. Our, our own theories about what kind of person Bigfoot is. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my favorite thing to do, though. Um, and then also, uh, Terry noted a chemical smell in the vicinity. <gasps> so spooky. And then a short time later, a second cow was found dead with the same hole in his left eyeball. <gasps> no. Yeah. Um, and with both of these animals, this is kind of creepy, yeah. but fair enough, Terry. Terry <laughs> took a wire and inserted it into the hole to, like, gauge the length. Oh, ew. How far it went. And it said, he said, in, in both cases, the wire slipped in easily to the center of the brain. <laughs> ew. Um, it's like a, a cattle dipstick. Hideous. Yes. To check your oil. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, that gave me the shivers. Yeah, gross. And also during this time, not only were cows dying, but they were disappearing. So, as Terry said, this is a quote, we contacted everyone around, we looked everywhere, they just vanished. He put it in quotes, he put the word vanished in quotes, which makes it seem like that's not true. Just vanished. vanished. Anyway. Probably just a miss. He's probably misuse. still like not believing that it's aliens, and he's like, I don't know, mm. I don't know, girl. The story gets weirder. Oh god. Um. <laughs> so, uh, oh. so in one of the instances, Terry followed the tracks of a cow in fresh snow because it was winter. Oh. Um. And the tracks just stopped <gasps> under some trees at the edge of a field. Um. Did and they... the area around the animal's last steps were surrounded by a circle of twigs. Um. Which? So when. When he looked up, he could see there was, like, a hole in the trees above. Like, something had, like, <gasps> zoomed down and then, and like, then cut the, all the branches oh so they all fell. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. I initially was like, did the cow climb up the tree? Because <laughs> <laughs> they could do that, right? Yeah. <laughs> little, little hooves. <laughs> yeah. good. They can't even go downstairs, let alone climb up a tree. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's so scary. It's um, horrifying. Uh, so, <sighs> that is not the worst, though. <laughs> what? Things get weirder. No! So also, during the summer, Terry, his son, and his nephew uh-huh. uh, had heard unintelligible voices while standing in a nearby pasture. Oh, the no. sound, which they first assumed to be like the echoes of a CB radio or something, because it's kind of like choppy, sure. seemed to emanate out of the air directly <gasps> above them. No, 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 mm-hmm. no. When they listened more closely, they could distinctly hear two voices uh, speaking in an unknown language. Uh, and he described it as sounding like choppy and halting, kind of like a mix between Russian and Native American. And then one voice had a deep tone, and the other one was a little, little higher pitched. <laughs> and this is, this is so great. Oh, this is exactly what I... Well, if I wouldn't just run away, then this is what I would do. Uh, so Terry yelled into the air, We can hear you! <laughs> momentarily oh god and then the deeper voice started to laugh <gasps> no <laughs> yeah exactly and then oh and the voices just kept going they kept talking like they had been doing before oh yeah oh my god so there were a bunch Holy of shit. other weird like mysterious things that happened too um so groceries would be mysteriously repacked and reorganized in their kitchen. So, like, they'd come home, put their groceries away, and then they would be repacked in bags. Uh, right? <laughs> Weird. I don't know. And then um, another time, this was also a oh, woof. Hmm. Terry saw what he believed to be an RV 
pull into the driveway. And so he's like, what? And so as he approached it, the vehicle simply lifted off the ground and flew <laughs> away. What? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> yes. What, like what? 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 Um, all this crazy stuff's happening, and then they would see lights all the time outside of their their home, just like those lights that like lit up, mm-hmm. just everywhere. So oh. like constantly UFOs like flying around their house, like this hub. Um, at one point, they said that they saw like this giant, um, looked almost kind of like a portal thing, and then uh, things would like UFOs mm-hmm. would come out of the portal in the sky and then fly, like, around the house for a while, or, like, around the property, probably, not just the house, but, like, the property for a while, uh-huh. and then would just go, like, whoop, right back up into the portal. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> You're stunned. I don't I know what it. to say. Yeah. It's just, like, the craziest stuff possible. Oh, my God. So, all of this is happening. Sure. Uh, they've been living there for... Not even two years, and all of this was happening. Good for them for staying there, though. Right? Mm-hmm. And then finally, this is the last straw. And this one's really, really sad. So all of this stuff happens, oh, no. and they're like, okay, cool. Like, weird, but we'll take it, I guess. I don't know. Um, but then this happened, and it was uh, really sad. Oh, no. So, okay, so the family started to notice these glowing blue balls moving around the property. <laughs> Stop it. I'm sorry. Dirty birdie. <laughs> um, the balls would give out this kind of crackling noise. Yeah. Um, and they seemed to be intelligently controlled. They weren't just going anywhere. They would, like, go specific places. Okay. Um, and could either hover or move, like, unbelievably fast. So one evening, the Shermans watched as a blue ball approached one of their horses. The light hovered within a foot of the horse's face, oh, which that's... spooked it. Oh, which is horrifying. So from a distance of ten feet... 10 feet, which is not very far at all, no. also. Talk about that. Uh, Gwen shined a flashlight on the blue globe, and it retreated. <gasps> then it approached Terry, um, almost like it was inspecting him, like it was just like going around just his yeah, body. Yeah. Creepy. Yeah. So then Terry described it as a glass ball about the size of a baseball, which appeared to contain two blue fluids, which intermingled with each other. Ooh. Gross. Um, those are quotes by him. That's real. Yuck. And it was... <laughs> He said, oh my gosh, this is, that was the scaredest I've ever been in my life. Oh, oh in no. Quote. Terry. It's so Terry. That so was, sad. quote, the scaredest I've ever that's, been. That's, yes. Oh. <laughs> in my life. That's so sad. Poor uh, so then later that evening, the blue ball returned. This time it hovered in the face of a cow. Again, the globe retreated. Oh, God. And the Sherman's three dogs, after some coaxing, because they didn't want anything to do with it, but they, they took off chasing it. Um, because they were like, go follow it, see what's going on, I guess. I don't know. And then uh, Gwen and Terry watched as the dogs followed the globe into the wooded area. Oh, no. They lost sight of the ball, and then they heard a piercing yelp. No! (laughs) Yeah! The three dogs didn't return. But what is something that we would do, also, they did not investigate, and they waited until the morning because you don't investigate or else they would have yelped too, probably. <laughs> um, so the next day, Gwen and Terry found three burned circles in the woods. In the center of each circle, they discovered a greasy blob of what looked like shortening or butter. Ew. And the trees above the burned rings also had like a scorched appearance, like right. something from above, obviously, UFO. Mm-hmm. And then according to Terry... He said the grass did grow back, but all of the tree limbs died. 
Holy scorched. Shit. So, yikes. And so that was kind of the last straw for them because they're like, how are we going to live without like our precious puppies that we mm. love and they're gone and mm. they like can't probably protect us because right. dogs are good protectors, mm. apparently, unless they get sucked up by a UFO right. and turned into butter. <laughs> yeah. So they, they decided to sell the house. But they didn't want another family to have to go through the exact same things that they had gone through. So they, over this time, had talked to a bunch of different investigators about what was happening to mm-hmm. them. Um, and someone turned them on to this guy uh, named Robert Bigelow, who is a reclusive hotel proprietor from Las Vegas. Oh. And so he had made this fortune um, on, what is it, the Budget Suites of America? <laughs> so he's super rich. So he's known for making a fortune off of those hotels mm-hmm. and also for the amount of money and time he puts into legitimizing paranormal investigations oh my God. Of, of the world. Stop. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. So that's what he does. So they were like, all right, well, do you want it? And so he bought it. Um, he he uh, offered them less money than they had paid two years before. The Shermans took the money faster than you could say, oh God, not another alien. <laughs> And left. Good for them. Good for them. (laughs) Looking back on it, though, and with more information that they found out about it before they left, Mm. um, they should have realized that something was up, obviously. But these are, like, the most insane things. So when they had been looking at this ranch at this house Mm. before they had moved in, Mm. um, they saw that there were four really thick big uh, chains um, outside of each, like, door. It's kind of, like, each side of the house. And so they were like, oh, they probably have a dog that they put there and they want to keep it out of the sun. So they would, like, move it around the house. Which, no, no, no. They found out (laughs) later by the the hired hand that had worked for the people before them Mm -hmm. that, no, the owners had four huge dogs and they put one as, like, sentry at each door to the house. Oh, my God. To, like, I don't know, keep out aliens or at least to, like... To give them some sort of warning. Yeah. And then oh also God. every single door to the house um, had a deadbolt on it, including some of the interior closets. <gasps> they had inside deadbolts, <gasps> as well as there was kind of like a hallway type area huh. that had two doors to it. Mm-hmm. And both of those doors also <gasps> had like locks. So this was pretty much like a bunker. Like if oh anything went wrong. Yeah. Right. How do they not like... Think that this was weird. Yeah, because that's creepy. Because oh I would immediately be like, yeah. oh, I'd what? be like, um, someone abducted people and kept them here. Like, that would be my first thought. Exactly. Oh, my God. But no. Mm hmm. So there were a bunch of a bunch of signs um, that they should have seen. Yeah, which is silly. So also, Terry spoke to a group of Native American workers from the um, the local like water department, uh-huh. um, and they found out that this area that the ranch was on was considered unholy ground <gasps> uh, by the Native Americans that lived around there, and that it was quote on the path of the Skinwalkers, which oh. I think is where the name this is called. Skinwalker Ranch. Oh, yeah. Gross. Um. So if you want to be spooked out, look up anything about Skinwalker Ranch. Oh 
and you'll find all these UFO sightings and some of these like weird animal sightings too. There have been like like skinwalkers, freaky, yeah, like skinwalkers. So like at one point, I saw this story in one piece, but not everywhere, and so uh-huh. I like didn't put it in, but I'm just gonna say it anyway. <laughs> so apparently, supposedly, uh-huh. um, on the first day that um, Terry and Gwen, the Shermans, moved into their ranch, uh-huh. and their like their cattle were already out. They saw what looked like a wolf come up and just kind of like appeared out of nowhere, it oh seemed. And then, just as fast as it appeared, it like grabbed the leg of one of the cattle, like it was gonna like kill it and eat it, obviously. Mm. And so, Terry, he had his gun and he shot it. And they said it at fairly close range. Yeah. He shot it, and the wolf was like unfazed. <gasps> Nothing happened. Oh my god. So, Terry shot him again. <gasps> nothing and then again and again (laughs) nothing and then the wolf just left looking completely unscathed so like there's weird stuff going on on this ranch it's really interesting (laughs) so so when when they left good for them yeah um they first of all they only moved to a new ranch 20 miles away i mean i would move like states away at that point my cattle and and yeah, get a new job, start a new life. Yeah, <laughs> but Robert Bigelow, male <laughs> stop it. <laughs> um, he he bought their ranch, uh-huh. and he and his newly formed organization at this time, so 1996, oh which is called the National Institute for Discovery Science, which is otherwise known as NIDS, <laughs> NIDS, NIDS, NIDS. Uh huh. Used the ranch as a sort of like paranormal laboratory, like a hub. Pretty much. Oh my god. So they built like a big tower. Uh-huh. That they could, I don't know, see stuff in as like an observation tower. They put keep out signs on like all of the perimeter. And then he moved in two scientists and a veterinarian to live on this compound, which oh is insane. God. Some believe that NIDS the NIDS team was actually a front for the CIA, which is really cool because these conspiracies were, were mostly fueled by the hiring of this retired army colonel um, named John Alexander, fake name, yeah. um, whose, whose record, whose like army record reads like an X-Files <gasps> subplot. Oh my God. <laughs> like, Stop. It's like insane. And then they they eventually, all the money was gone for that. So they they supposedly got rid of nids they closed it down but robert bigelow still owns the ranch anyway yeah Uh. (laughs) um crazy story yeah and there's like so much more there's so much to this story so frightening weird yeah baby i can't believe i didn't know about that before yeah i knew about the name skinwalker ranch because i think you mentioned it I definitely did. But <laughs> I'm into it. Yo. <laughs> Yo. Um so we actually have a uh, an email to read to you guys from one of our listeners named Brandon. Brandon. <laughs> She's actually um, our best friend also. Yes. Um <laughs> he had a UFO sighting that he wanted to share with everyone, so I had him write it up and send it to me so we could talk about it. Love it. Um so I'm just gonna read this word for word. This is what he wrote. It was in Chicago, July of twenty thirteen. I was on my ex's deck with him and a few friends, and we had just finished a late dinner and we were hanging out. Sweet. All of a sudden I looked up and saw an orange orb floating in the sky. About the same time, my ex's friend also saw it and said something. It was in the western sky. The sky was pretty clear with just a few clouds. 
it had been storming all day. Mm-hmm. Electricity the, in the air. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The orange orb was floating in the sky, stationary, and then all of a sudden zipped across the sky and then stopped. It floated for a second and then zipped back in the other direction and then continued moving across the sky and then zipped off and vanished. Mm. The way it flew off, you could see it getting smaller. Mm. We all just sat there for a second processing what happened. The way it was flying, it was definitely not an airplane or anything like that. Oh my gosh. And there's also um, someone else uploaded a video to YouTube on the same day. Nice. So It's real. Yeah. Someone else saw it. Someone recorded it. Yeah, someone that wasn't Brandon or his friends. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we're going to link that on the episode info. Oh my gosh. I love it. Crazy. I've never seen anything like weird in the sky. Yeah. I like, I always think that I do, but then I look back on it and I'm like, no, that wasn't. (laughs) But interesting about those orbs, because that was the same kind of thing that uh, Terry and Gwen Sherman saw, except theirs were blue. But I mean, an orb's an orb. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you, Brandon, for sending for sending that to us. Yeah, thanks, Brandon. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so aliens are super scary. Uh, send us your spooky, scary alien yeah. stories because uh, yeah. we want to hear them. I know that there are so many people who have seen weird things in mm-hmm. the sky, especially like, what was it, last year or the year before there was like this weird UFO sighting? Like in, It was definitely in L.A. I don't know if it was just outside of LAX or something. Mm -hmm. But I remember so many people that I know talking about it. And Mm -hmm. they were like, did you guys see that? What did you see? I don't know. Right? Right? It was like a flash. Weird. Yeah, yeah, it's so interesting. Because it can't all be just, you know, creepy government, you know, testing. Yeah. Some of it's got to be alien. This is another one of those where I'm like, I'm skeptical, but it's probably true. All these people can't be wrong. <laughs> I know. I was, um, last night, I told Cassandra earlier, but last night I was alone in my house. I watched 28 Days Later, which is not super scary, but you know, it kind of gets you in that mood. Oh, yeah. And then I was researching Skinwalker Ranch <laughs> for hours. And I was just getting more and more afraid, which, like, <laughs> I don't live, like, on a cattle farm in Utah. Well, you do live next to a cemetery, and your house is the creakiest place I've it is ever been in. Super creaky. Yeah. 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 Mm. But anyway, the entire night, I was um, horrified by it. <laughs> oh, no. So, yeah, just listen to this at night, and you'll get nice and spooked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> that's about it. Yeah. Uh, send us your spooky stories or requests on stuff for us to look up, because we love it and it gives us some cool direction yeah um in the pieces that we're looking up also um follow us on instagram or twitter or facebook send your emails to ghoulgals at gmail.com yeah and um most of the time we put like supplemental stuff on there like last week we put on instagram at least um different photos of things that went along with the podcast right um right so it's always helpful to have that too. Just mm-hmm. check on it. You don't even have to follow us, I guess. Yeah. Just like look it yeah, up just, because yeah. it'll help. Because yeah, we do we do talk about a lot of photos and drawings and whatever. So yeah, it's not fair for just us to see it. You guys want to see it too. Exactly. <laughs> see you later, ghouls and boys. Weirder. Ah!